Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the mud that I went through and that honestly most of us go through on our way to success. Honestly, if it were easy, we would all already be doing it. We would have everything we want all of the time, experiencing ton of success, happiness, joy, peace. But why aren't we? In my experience, it comes down to the roadblocks and maybe even self-sabotage that can get in the way. We have so much emotional baggage, so much stinking thinking, and so many distractions that can get in the way of us staying focused on our goals. I know I went through them, and I'm sure you have as well. So we're going to talk about a few things. First, fear. We're going to talk about emotional triggers. We're going to talk about guilt, resentment, jealousy, and the comparison game. In my experience, all very normal parts of the success journey. So let's talk first about fear. Some things that I got to overcome. I say got instead of had, because the other side is always worth it. But some things that I got to overcome at the beginning of my business was fear of failure. It was a true fear. What if it doesn't work? What if I put myself out there and I try and then you know what? I end up falling on my face. Fear of failure can stop us before we even get started. And then I went through fear of rejection. What will other people think? Are they going to think poorly about me? Are they going to talk about me behind my back? Are they going to reject me because of my new goals? I also went through fear of leaving other people behind. So this is really interesting when we say things like you are the average of the five people you hang around. When you start having new goals and new dreams, then sometimes... We do have to leave others behind, or maybe they just don't align with our current goals, our current lifestyle choices. You know, you start working out, and then those that are couch potatoes are like, what are you doing? You used to be a couch potato with us, and now you're leaving me to go work out. They can even say things like, oh, you think you're too good for us now. You are too good to hang out with us or look at you. You know, there's just number one ways that other people can make us feel guilty. But sometimes it truly is an internal guilt that we put on ourselves. And then I've even gone through fear of success. True. This is true. You know, what if it does work? And what if everybody's looking at me? They say those who are successful often are, you know, up a high on the flagpole and their butt is exposed, like fear of being seen. I've had a lot of people tell me, I want to be the ambassador that nobody knows. Fear of success, fear of being seen, fear of what if it falls apart? What if, um, what will they say? What will I think? You know, there's a lot of fears that go into stepping outside your comfort zone. I've even had feelings of unworthiness, wondering things like, why me? Why would I experience success? Am I good enough? 
Am I smart enough? Will people like me? And as you can see, most of these fears have to do with my perception of what other people will think. And notice what I said, my perception. Almost always, the fears that we have are only made up by the stories we tell ourselves in our mind. And often, it's not even true. So think about yourself. When you think about trying something new, stepping outside your comfort zone, doing something different, do you have fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of leaving others behind and creating new habits, fear of feeling guilty for success, fear of success or being seen, or maybe you're working through your own feelings of unworthiness. I've gone through those experiences, not just once, not just twice, but time and time again throughout the last 11 years. And one thing that I've learned is that whenever I'm triggered or something touches a nerve, it usually has to do with how I'm already feeling. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you go to coffee with your friend and your friend says to you, is your hair turning blue? Like what is going on? All of a sudden, you, you, your hair does not look like it's normal color. It looks blue. Is that on purpose? What's going on? And if you left that morning knowing that your hair is your normal color, you might say something like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? But if you woke up that morning and you started thinking, maybe my hair is a little bit blue. What is going on? That, you know, I got my hair done yesterday and she totally messed it up. If you're already sensitive to that, then when your friend brings up your blue hair, you're going to already be emotionally triggered because you are already sensitive to that topic. Another example is when People may say to me, Denise, you travel too much. Now, if I'm already sensitive to that and I'm wondering, am I a good mom? Am I messing up my kids for life? Do I travel too much? If they say that to me, then I may be emotionally triggered. But if I'm confident and sound in who I am, and I know I only travel twice a month, if that, for maybe two or three days. And I pick my kids up from school every day. We do dinner every single day. You know, I'm, I know that I'm an engaged mom. Then when somebody says that to me, it doesn't trigger me. And I honestly will think you have no idea what you're talking about, but thank you for your input. You know, in essence, it's really not about what you say to me, but it's about what I say to myself. Emotional triggers are not based on what someone says to us, but about how we already feel about ourselves in our situation. So the way to grow or be triggered less or to let go of some of these fears of what other people will think or say or do is to become stronger in what we think, say, and do about who we are and what we're doing. Think about your own emotional triggers. What are some things that people say to you that gets you riled up inside? That is honestly a great cue that it's a place where you can get stronger, a bit more confident in who you are and what you're doing. Now let's move on to two feelings that are essentially baggage. 
They are emotions that we have that are about a past event, guilt and resentment. So most of the time, these emotions are things that we have are not about things that are happening now, but they're about things that happened in the past. So let's first talk about guilt. Guilt is the result of having a belief about how you should or shouldn't be or how 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 you should or shouldn't behave and then not acting in accordance to that belief. So guilt can sometimes be a tool used to move us in a new direction, like, you know, a warning sign, like, okay, that is not really my expectation of myself. I need to get back in line. However, guilt can also keep us stuck in the past and unable to move forward. Offering yourself forgiveness is the best way to heal from guilt. Remember, you cannot change your past, but you can change your view of the past. So let's look at some scripture. The Bible doesn't address forgiving yourself specifically, but it does speak on the fact that God forgives you. First John 1 7 says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. We are purified. Jeremiah 31, 34 um, says, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sin no more. If guilt has been pervasive in your life, then it's time to accept the Holy Spirit's gift of freedom and forgive yourself too. So I'm going to give you a list of five questions. Go ahead and write these down so you can work through this on your own time. Um, I will put these questions in the show notes as well. So the first question is, what do I feel guilty about? What belief or should did I violate? Now, if I were to feel guilty about traveling too much, the belief or should or expectation that I may violate is that moms shouldn't travel. Moms should be home every day. Maybe that's an expectation that I have. And by my traveling, I'm violating my own expectation. The second question is, what is a should belief or expectation that someone else has for me that affects me? Sometimes the expectation is not even my own but it's somebody else. Maybe my mom or my husband or someone else is telling me that moms shouldn't travel. And that is something they're putting on me that affects me. Three, what uh, is unrealistic about this belief or should? So one thing that I think about when I was working through this myself is that one reason why I did have the belief that mom should have dinner on the table every single night and not travel and be around and 100% invested and you know all of these things that mom should do was because that is the way my mom was. She was a stay-at-home mom. We had dinner every night. She picked me up from school. She was, like in my mind, her role was to always be available to me. And still, I believe her. She should always answer me when I call <laughs> Um, But what's unrealistic about that belief for me is that my mom wasn't running a multi-million dollar organization. She wasn't having all these outside goals that would impact her family life. So it may be unrealistic for me to think that I can have a spotless house and dinner at the table every single night and, um, you know, be all things to everyone and still build a multi-million dollar organization. It's just 
not really realistic for my goals and what I want. So number four, in relation to this action or non-action, can I change my past behavior? And we know the answer to this question is always no. You cannot change past behavior. So number five is how can I get rid of the guilt? Now, for this example, one way that I got rid of the guilt of wondering if I was traveling too much or if I should have outside goals or all of that kind of thing was I created some healing reframes. In my mind, I realized it's not realistic for me to be superwoman. I, I can't work out and do everything at home and, you know, take care of my team and do everything all myself. I'm going to need to ask for help. So it's unrealistic for me to have this expectation of myself. So of course I'm going to violate it. So one healing rate reframe that I created was I do the best that I can with the information I had at the time. I did the best that I could with the information I had at that time. With this example, I think when Owen, between Owen was born and in six months, I traveled to six states, something fairly crazy. Like we drove to Tennessee. I took him to New York. We went to Oklahoma and he came with me. He was a baby and he came with me and I loved that I could bring him where I was going, but I also realized he needed a schedule. But at that time, I didn't know what I didn't know. Now that I know better, I will do better. That's the second reframe. The third one is I did the best that I could as the person that I was at that time. I am better and I will do better. Now, if you've hurt people in the past, maybe you've hurt people's feelings or maybe I did travel and it um, was frustrating or hurtful or um, overwhelming to my husband, there may be times that we have to say, I'm sorry. We have to heal those relationships. We have to make amends in order to move forward. But then we get to forgive ourselves as well. I did the best that I could with the information I had at the time. I didn't know what I didn't know. Now that I know better, I will do better. I did the best that I could as the person that I was at that time. I am better and will do better. Those healing reframes helped me when I, if I did start to experience some of that guilt to say, no, 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 no. My boys get the best version of me because I still work out and eat healthy and have outside goals and they're learning to dream as well. And I'm creating a dream board and checking things off and they're experiencing that as a part of their normal everyday life. And I do pick them up every day from school. So, you know, I created this list. So whenever I had guilty feelings, I was like, well, that's just not even true. It's just not true. Guilt keeps us focused on hurts or or baggage or the past. When the Holy Spirit says, I'll remember their sins no more. Ask for forgiveness from others, but then don't forget to forgive yourself. Next up is resentment. So res- guilt is kind of, you know, those anger feelings or frustration on the inside. Resentment is focused outward. So resentment is the result of having a belief about how someone else should or shouldn't be or how they shouldn't or shouldn't behave. And then they act in a way that violates that belief and resentment can build within you. The best way to heal resentment 
is to forgive another. The Bible challenges us to forgive our neighbor over and over and over again. And when Peter asks in Matthew 18, 21, he says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my neighbor or sister? I'm sorry, my brother or sister who sins against me up to seven times. And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Forgiveness is not about forgetting or accepting the wrong behavior. It isn't even saying that you're not justified in how you feel. You probably are. It's about healing yourself and letting go of the negative emotions that hold you down. Even if you choose not to have a relationship with this person, forgiveness will free you from still being emotionally tied to them. Guilt Resentment and bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Yet in reality, you're only harming yourself. So I have some resentment questions. There's seven of these. These will also be in the show notes, but certainly write them down if you're able to. And if you have resentment or bitterness built up regarding a family member, a teammate, a coworker, this these set of questions may help you release it. So the first question, who do I resent and what do I resent them for? What Number two is what belief or expectation about how they should or shouldn't be do they violate? Maybe this is a mom, a dad, a child, a sibling, a boss that is just not living up to your view of how they should be. Number three is, what is unrealistic about my beliefs or expectations? This is interesting because sometimes your beliefs or expectations, you're very confident in, you know, you're sound in. you're like, this is how the world should be. We should be kind to each other. We shouldn't hurt people, that kind of thing. But what can be unrealistic about the beliefs and expectations is their ability to do that with their mental state, with their background, with their skill set, it may be unrealistic that they can live that way. Number four is, can I change them or their action? And the answer to that, of course, is no, we cannot. Number five is, how does keeping this unrealistic belief make me feel? So basically, you guys, we're saying you are this type of role in my life and this type of person in my life needs to live up to these expectations and yet you're not. And keeping this unrealistic belief makes me feel lousy and frustrated and angry and resentful and bitter and I don't like that about myself. Number six is, is it worth it? And of course, the answer to that is typically no. You know, there's a time and a season for grief. We're not talking about grief. We're talking about the the thing that happened years ago that is still holding you down and holding you back today. So number seven, how can I get rid of the resentment? So here are some healing reframes that can help you heal with the situation. The first one is they did the best that they could with the information they had at the time. They didn't know what they didn't know. Now, I think sometimes we 
have higher expectations of others and they just might not have the mental or emotional capability to live up to it. They did the best that they could with the information they had at that time. They didn't know what they didn't know. And number three is, I might have done the same in their situation. Now again, this isn't saying that it's okay. You probably have are justified in feeling how you do. But because they did the best that they could with the information at that time, it's not helping you to hold on to it. You know, you think of a car going down a hill and it has the parking brake on. That's going to impact the speed of how, you know, how the car is rolling down the hill. And you can do a few things in that situation. You can press the gas pedal harder and say, come on, go, 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 come on, car. Or you can release the brake. And when you release that parking brake, when you let go of guilt and resentment, you're automatically, with very little effort, going to start making progress in your life. All right, two more things that I find trip people up, no matter what they are doing, is jealousy and the comparison game. So jealousy is basically when we look at the outside of somebody and we say, man, I wish I had that. Maybe it's a fit physique or maybe it's more time or maybe it's more money or debt free or um, something. And we're jealous of them. If you've ever felt those feelings of jealousy, it's often a sign that someone else is making something a priority that I am not. Let me say that again. Jealousy is a cue that someone else is making something a priority that I am not. And so when you notice these tinges of jealousy, ask yourself the question, what do I really want? What do I really want? And how can I get there? Now, this is kind of a silly example, but I noticed jealousy when my friend started her own podcast. This was a year ago, and she started it, and I thought, what the freaking heck? I've been wanting to start one for years, and I just haven't, and you did. Like, I was a bit of a hater. I was jealous. I was sad or mad or just, like, grouchy about it. But when I realized that jealousy was honestly just a sign that they were making it a priority, and I wasn't. I had to ask myself a question. If I really want to start a podcast, then I will make it a priority. I'll readjust my schedule. If you take a look at someone and you're like, man, they're so fit, I wish that I could do that too. Well, they're making nutrition and exercise a priority. What do you really want? And how can you make it a priority and readjust your schedule as well? So jealousy is when we look at somebody's outside and think we want that as well. The comparison game, on the other hand, is when we take a look at somebody. Again, our eyes are outward here. And we take a look at them and we wonder, I wonder if I need to be more like them. More outgoing. More, I don't know, what other thing? More outgoing, more introverted, more smart. You know, you're wondering if... You're good enough. At the end of the day, you're wondering, do I truly have what it takes? Maybe I need to be more like them. And you're comparing yourself to them. But at the end of the day, you're also wondering if it's, if you're good enough. 
you know, you're it's more about addressing your internal worthiness when you're experiencing the comparison game. So what I found with this trigger for us is that we get to figure out who we really are. What are our strengths? What are we good at? And the stronger we are internally, the less these things trigger us. What do you want? What are you good at? And then totally honor those things. So when we let go of emotional baggage, we are more apt to focus our time on things that truly matter rather than on things we no longer can control. Our eyes are forward. You know, when you release the brake, you go faster without even trying. It's not about looking in your rearview mirror, but it's about keeping your eyes on the road. So if you are experiencing fear, emotional baggage, guilt, resentment, jealousy, the comparison game. What I've learned in my journey, you guys, is it's just a part of the game. It's a piece of the puzzle. And it's a space where we can grow ourselves in the process. Now, one last story before we end today. I was at the Black Diamond experience. So we hit their top pin level. We got flown down to a shopping spree and private island experience. And we were just having so much fun. But in the midst of this reward trip, I was having anxiety. I was feeling guilty for success. I was wondering how did we get here when there's a lot of other people working hard as well. I was wondering what people were thinking. I I thought maybe they're throwing tomatoes at us through Facebook. Maybe they're mad that we're here and they're jealous of us. And, you know, I was I was worried about what other people would think. But I had this guilt, like this anxiety in the pit of my stomach. Thankfully, I have done this work for quite a while and I was able to talk to my husband and he said, well, that's just not true. We know that's not true. You have a whole team that's supporting you. We did work hard, etc. And so the next day I went for a run and I listened to The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale, which basically says you become what you think about. So think about who you want to become. And so even though I was experiencing this anxiety in the pit of my stomach, I didn't want to spend the whole trip like that. So I just started really thinking about what did I, what did I want to experience? What do I want to feel? And the you know, the weekend that I want to have. And I got back from this run and I got a message from somebody who just promoted the night before. And she said to me, Denise, no matter how much money I make in this company, I, my family is better because of our experience here. We're going to church more. We are connected to a positive community. My husband got baptized. Like we are better because of this business. So thank you. Thank you for not giving up because because of that, we were able to have this experience. And it was at that moment that I realized I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. This is what I was created to do is to pour back and serve and love on people and help everybody become the best version of themselves. And when I realized that, I knew again that the fear, the anxiety, the comparison game, all of these things that we experience mean nothing. They can be a cue for us. We can learn from them, but we don't have to take them seriously. And it was in that moment that I just, again, let go of that anxiety, did not 
own it or take a hold of it anymore and just focused on the gratefulness of the situation at hand. I know I'm not the only one who has had fears, guilt, resentment, jealousy, or played that comparison game. But I do know that whatever you're experiencing right now, you can decide that it just doesn't have to own you anymore. Release that break, you guys, and let's accelerate on our journey. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And for those of you that are interested in a bit more depth of these topics, I wrote a book this past summer. It's in the hands of the designer right now. It is called Dream Life Workbook, and it has all of these questions and exercises, um, plus tons, tons more. And for those of you that are interested in getting an early bird copy, go to denisewalsh.com and put your information in. We will send you a 50% off coupon when it releases so you can get your hands on it first. Thanks again. And remember to dream big. 